0: The darkness, and the fact that we were seemingly the only car on the road, contributed to the trauma when suddenly our ears were split with the screech of a siren, and the world lit up with a spotlight and flashing red lights. Immediately I pulled the Packard to the side of the road, and before I could even take the car out of gear, a large man with a gun was shouting in my ear, "'Get out of the car now!' As I opened the door and started to get out, the man struck me with his pistol making me see stars and almost knocking me out. I had no control. My survival instinct and my training took over. I dropped to the ground and came up with a straight punch to the man's groin. As the man started to double over, I clasped my hands behind his head and brought my knee up. The impact was to his forehead, and he dropped like a stone. I looked up over the roof of the car to see another man raise his arm to aim a pistol at me. Matt chopped the man's gun arm with a devastating blow, breaking the man's arm, and then swept the man's feet from under him. As the man was going down, Matt delivered a chop to the back of the neck that rendered the man unconscious. Some time passed, seconds or minutes. I leaned over the man I had knocked out to check his breathing. His suit coat was open, and I could see something glitter. I picked up the object. It was a large wallet with a big gold star that said, "'Los Angeles County Sheriff.'" "'Oh, my God, what have we done?' Matt was the cool one. He answered in a calm voice, "Richardson, these men attacked us, and we didn't know for sure they were police. What we must do now is get them to a doctor as soon as possible.'" It seemed I was moving in a dream, Somehow, we managed to get the two men in the back of the Packard and sped off toward Dr. Shannon's office on Peck Road. We got Doc Shannon and his assistant out of bed, and they, with our assistance, got the still-unconscious men out of the Packard and on gurneys. Dr. Shannon quickly determined that both men should be transported to a hospital. He didn't think either had skull fractures, but he couldn't rule that out. He called for an ambulance and then called the sheriff's office. The doctor wanted us to wait for the police. He had no idea we had anything to do with the officer's condition. We told him we had to leave, and we could be reached at the ranch. As we drove up, my dad and Mr. Kinzo were standing out front smoking. The relieved looks on their faces soon disappeared when they saw our distress and heard our story. First we told the story in English, and then Matt repeated it in Japanese. After a moment's silence, my dad said, Our company lawyer is an L.A. ex-prosecutor and a friend of mine. I'm going to call him. Richard, if Mr. Kinzo agrees, I want you both to stay in the barn, and if the police show up, slip out the back and hide in the wash. I'm afraid of what might happen to you in custody under the circumstances. We'll flick the barn lights on and off when we want you to come back. When my dad got back to the house, he had my mother tell all the party guests that due to a family emergency, they would be explained tomorrow, they should all go home. Mary Alice's parents left with a very confused and upset Mary Alice and Casaco. Dad got Frank James, his company attorney, at home and explained the situation. The attorney said to stand by the phone. In twenty-eight minutes he called back. Okay, if the police come, tell them that the boys are under arrest and are released to my custody and will appear before Judge Slick at nine tomorrow morning. If they call downtown, that will be verified. Be sure you tell them in front of as many people as possible. I will be out there as soon as I can get there. I'm hoping the boys will not have any contact with the police before I get there. Dad was crossing the yard toward the barn when two squad cars pulled up. Just as we were told, Matt and I slipped out of the back of the barn, across the road, and into the wash. There were dozens of places for us to hide. Without dogs, it would be impossible to find us tonight, even if the police tried. Dad walked up to the first squad car and told the officers right off what the lawyer had told him to say. The officers were not happy, but they left. To be on the safe side, the signal for us to return wasn't given until Mr. James arrived. THE REST OF THE NIGHT, TO WHICH WE HAD BEEN LOOKING FORWARD FOR SO LONG, WAS NOT PLEASANT. I CALLED MARY ALICE AND MATT TALKED TO CASACO. MARY ALICE WAS BEWILDERED AND DIDN'T KNOW WHAT TO THINK.